Stress for me is like really important to learn how to curb that. Take a breathing break before you consume food. Take a breathing break if you feel yourself getting a little too riled up or a little too tense, just stand up, go to the water cooler and get some water, take a little walk around, change your environment, change your position. Go outside, take a couple of really big, deep breaths of air, and then reset. It's just being conscious-minded about where you can sneak in those respites of stress. For me and for a lot of my clients, that's what they most need help with. I'm Ben Grenell part of the growing team here at Levels. We're a venture-funded startup backed by more than a thousand of our community members and some of the best VCs in the game, including Andreessen Horowitz. On this podcast, we talk about everything we do. We share the learnings about our culture and what we're building along the way. This is Inside the Company. Elena Schuber grew up on the West Coast, specifically in Long Beach. She spent her early childhood out there and into her teenage years. And after high school, when she went to college, well, she decided to head to Texas, specifically to Dallas. When she did, the food that she was used to on the West Coast was much different than what she was experiencing in the South. And so some of her thoughts, the outlook, the food philosophy that she had evolved. Well, after college, she made her way back out West. She ended up in LA, where she's currently a nutrition coach. And Elena works with a lot of different clients in different ways. She understands that there's so many different inputs to her health, that being things like mindfulness, that being things like diet, sleep, exercise, the list goes on. They all compound. Well, Elena started to find the unlock with levels when she saw this data feedback loop of what was happening in her body in real time. She found little hacks, things like taking a walk after lunch, things like food sequencing. All of these things made a big difference in the way that she thought about food and the way that she communicated things to her clients. She understands that everyone's so different in the approach to take because we are all different. We all have different tendencies, different things affect our health in different ways. But having the lens through levels, having the lens about glucose monitoring in real time, that data feedback loop, well, gave Elena insight that she could pass along to others. Now she spreads things like education to all of her clients. She lets them know about things like blog posts, recipes, all these different things that they can check out to get a foundation of knowledge for themselves. It was a great conversation with Elena. Here's where we kick things off. So now you're a health and wellness practitioner. I mean, that's what you're doing. But what what was it like as far as going from the West Coast, going to the South, going back to the West Coast? Like, I'm assuming that you've seen very different outlooks on health and wellness, given that they're very different regions as far as the outlook on health, wellness, food. And it's not to generalize and say everyone, but you, you tend to get in certain pockets. You get, especially out, out in Los Angeles, you'll have maybe a different lens than you would on the East Coast, right? And so what, what did that look like? And I know that was many years ago as far as when this would have taken place, but what, what were some of the things that, that went through your mind when you're experiencing all these things? Oh my gosh, it was so great. I mean, I went to... Um, I lucked out with my college roommate. She was from Brentwood, California, um, just literally walking distance from where I live now. And she and I both went out there and we're like, look at each other. We're like, what? What is this? Everything's fried, which is it cracked. We're like, what is queso? We had never had queso before. And 
people thought we were these crazy Californians and these health nuts. Um, but like they hadn't even had sushi. It was like, you know, sushi finally got there when we were seniors in college. And so it was fun. It was great. It was a different. I mean, I went for to experience something different. I love the South. They were so welcoming, so kind. And, you know, it was just um, it was just a little different way of eating sometimes to have fried everything. <laughs> And so then what was it that ended up getting you into what you're doing now with health and wellness? I've always been um, in health and wellness. And um, when I was 16, um, I was in a horrible car accident and my head smashed through a windshield and I was in a coma. And so that really informed me and it was a really long, arduous recovery. And I'm very grateful I hit my head where I did because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't be here or I'd be, wouldn't able to speak or, you know. So from there, I just remember like when I was in the hospital, I don't remember much from that time in my life, but I do remember when I was in the hospital, I was given these shakes called TraumaCal. And at the time I was like a totally strict vegetarian and I wouldn't eat any meat and I would like be fat free, everything. But these TraumaCal shakes were full of fat. And like, that was crazy to me. And, but that's it. It's like your brain needs fats to recover and your brain needs to be sated. And so from there, that was when I was 16, I just developed this whole, and like at the time before that, I was drinking Diet Cokes and I was living the fat free life and total vegetarian. So from that experience, the neurologist told me the worst thing you could possibly have is aspartame. And that's the number one thing you have to start to give up right now. And then it was just like introducing good quality fats and just um, re-introducing how a body needs to eat to really protect itself and to really be, you know, really, I was recovering. So from my accident, so to be back to where I wanted to be and really thrive, I needed to start to embrace some change in my diets um, or in my diet and in my rituals. And I did. It was it was um, really enlightening. And I'm lucky that I got this information early on. I mean, this was a long time ago. So um, that set me out from this health journey. That's how I began. And then from there, like I've always just been investing in it and learning it about it even more. And um, I also had um, I was I had the greatest folks, the best parents ever, but <laughs> taking care of themselves was not their strength. And unfortunately, um, you know, I wish they would have made a couple of different choices in their lives, like lifestyle choices, and but they didn't. And so they also really informed me. It's like they both departed, you know, earlier than I wish they would have. And it was really sad. And it's like a lot of, they could have, um, you know, modified some things in their lifestyle to keep them still here. Um, so I started that, you know, that informed my journey as well. And really it informs how I work with my clients and um, right now and how I live my life also. Thanks for sharing that. It's it's really interesting because have you thought about any feelings that you might have had as far as like visceral feelings when you, I mean, that's pretty young, right? Like 16 years old and you're going through recovery, but making these changes, like having that introspection to make these changes where 
you recognize you have to do things, but did you like, do you sort of remember back or ever have these thoughts of like visceral feelings? And the reason I ask, um, is it when like, without seeing data, without wearing a CGM, when you start to make changes, whether they're lifestyle changes, right? Whether it's sleep related, exercise related, food related, often you hear that people have these visceral feelings of, oh my gosh, I feel so different. Like, do you ever remember thinking that when you were going through recovery that like, my body feels different. I'm not drinking Diet Coke anymore. Like you just sort of feel different, but you're not always sure why. Is that, have you ever thought about that? Oh yeah, completely. Even to this day, every time I like eat a can of sardines, I'll be like, oh my gosh, my brain feels so sated. It needed that. (laughs) It desperately needed that. Um, Yeah. But I remember the first thing when I was going through my brain trauma recovery, like the weirdest thing to me was if I were to like kind of like slip up and have a Diet Coke, I could actually feel my brain like hurt. It wouldn't feel good. And I could totally feel it in my brain. And it would give me like brain fog. This is before brain fog was even a term, you know, and I could completely feel it. I could feel the effects of that in my body and I wouldn't want it. It was nothing that I would want to have in my life. I, uh, so I cut it out. So it was really easy for me to cut that out. And conversely, it's like, you know, when you choose, you know, like when you choose really healthy, good quality foods, you feel better, you know, foods information. So it's just what kind of information do you want to feed it and fuel it? Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's like a qualitative feedback loop to yourself, but it's, a, did you realize like when you would drink that Coke, where, did you have that connection where you're like, this equals that? After the neurologist told me that's the most important thing to give up. And I was like, yeah, so I did. And then if I were to slip up and have a little, you know, I could feel it. I could feel it in my body. It was, it's wild. And most people I find these days, most of my clients that what they struggle with is they don't take the time to really like slow down and tune in and to feel the effects. They just kind of are, you know, in the car or at their desk or, you know, typing on their computer, whether or watching TV and they just don't like take the time to slow down and really tune in and feel what they are putting in their body and how it affects them. Once you find a balance or get on a path of balance, it's so much easier to start to connect these dots right? Like if you're, you can take like under insert thing here, like under exercise, under slept, under. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start to do the opposite, which is like fueling properly, exercising Mm -hmm. appropriately, sleeping appropriately. And you start to do all these things and you do it in isolation. You're like, oh wait, that's like take sleep, for example. It's like, oh, that's actually like feel pretty good, right? You hear all the time where people will sleep like five hours a night and they say, oh, I don't really need more sleep. I'll function quite well, but they start sleeping like seven or eight hours a night. And they're like, wait, I actually don't feel as stressed. Like they're not sure why. And you're like, well, your cortisol is probably a lot lower and your glucose is a lot more stable. Like they're all of these puzzle pieces that are hard to connect back. But when you start to see the data, you're like, oh, that's what's happening. So it is interesting that that, that does happen pretty frequently. It does. Sleep's the best medicine for a reason. (laughs) They say that for a reason. (laughs) All these cliches are cliches for a reason. They're probably, they're mostly true. (laughs) Exactly. One of the many things that we do with Levels is create content about metabolic health. The main thing that we do is we have an app. The Levels app pairs with the continuous glucose monitor so you can track your glucose in real time. 
More than 40,000 people have used Levels to lose weight, gain energy, and increase longevity. You can see how things like food, sleep, exercise, stress, and environmental factors affect your metabolic health. And Levels is backed by some of the best thought leaders in the world, including Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Robert Lustig, and Dr. Mark Hyman, amongst others. To learn more about Levels and track your blood sugar in real time, join Levels at levels.link company. So why don't we get into the idea of Levels? Where exactly did that come in your journey? Well, I've always been, I, you know, I've heard about it for a while. And even, it's so funny, even before um, I learned about levels, before you guys were around, I would, you know, really, it was important for me to have my clients have their glucose level tested and all their, you know, for me to know their resting glucose level and their, all of that information. It's so valuable. I mean, it just is so informative um, and your fasting glucose level and all that. Um, so, then this popped up. I was hearing about it through different podcasts and this popped up. And then one of my good friend's husbands, he was one of the first people I knew to actually get it. And then one of my best friends, she got it too. And then I was like, okay, I've got to just get it, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, if she's doing it, I can totally do it. Because I need, like, you know, I was like afraid that I wasn't going to be able to figure out how to set it up and all that stuff. So we both started doing it together and it was really fun. It was like we wore like levels patches, like as a, you know, it's like a badge of honor. It's like, uh, it was really fun. And I remember this one time, it was so funny. She was having uh, an argument with her husband and then she calls me and she tells me, she's like, oh my gosh, I am looking at the spikes on the Levels app. And it's like just from this place of, you know, being stressed and, you know, it's spiking my, it's spiking my blood sugar. You know, who knew that stress would have that much of a massive effect on the blood sugar levels? Like, you know, people just think it's, or I used to think it was just food. Um, and so it was fun. And it was like, it's such good information. It's so valuable just to have this information. And it's liberating how much agency you have. And I remember one time I was going to this new restaurant just opened down the street and it was like, you know, a decadent meal. Like I, um, but we walk there and I was just so surprised. I was like, I did have the piece of bread and I did have the bite of desserts, but because we walked there and because we sequenced it with lots of vegetables in our order and it was just like my blood sugar or my on the app, it was like one of the best days blood sugar wise I had. And I was like, this is exciting. Are you kidding? Like I could still have that little, like it was just like, just, you know, the bread that you'd want to have um, at the restaurant. And like, I didn't, I only had like one piece, but, and I did have the dessert I want to have, um, but I didn't have the whole thing. I had half, but I was like, this is excellent. Like my blood sugar was like low and flat. And it was like, I got a great day, you know, on my Levels app. And I was like, this is great. I think the key was walking there to the restaurant, enjoying it and having like, you know, like taking our time, really like getting nourished by the food and having a really great time. And then walking and then sequencing the food the way we did with the vegetables first. And then walking back. I mean, I'm like, heck, if you want to have a good, like treat yourself, this is the solution. <laughs> like this is the formula. It was like the proof's in the pudding. It's right there. I know everybody is different, but for me, I was like, I was so excited. I was like, this is great. I didn't even have to deprive myself of the bread or the dessert. When you're getting these insights, have you 
sort of taken these learnings and shared them with clients so that you say, hey, like, this is what I've learned. Because there are certain there are certain principles that objectively taking a walk after a meal makes a big difference um, when you have certain food. And it is generally a good principle to have exercise, light exercise like that anyway. But I'm making the assumption that some of this information might be new to some people and maybe other people will have a different foundation for their health and wellness journey as far as how far along they are in understanding some of these. Uh-huh. What, what, what's the general reception when you share this? I mean, it's exciting. It's really good. I mean, people are like, they're really open to it and it's different information than they're getting from some other doctors. Like, um, it's just interesting, you know, not to throw anyone under the bus, but it's just like, there's so much agency we have. There's so much lifestyle, so many lifestyle choices that we can make to help improve our conditions. And it's not what we're hearing from our, um, from the doctors. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. And it's, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. It's like, it's on the app. It's like smack in front of you. The data is there. So it's like, you can't really argue with that. And um, it's just interesting. Some things that my clients are getting from their doctors of things that's okay to eat when you have certain conditions like diabetic. Um, it's just I'm like, really? I'm like, that's that's not what, um, you know, that's not what has worked for me and for some of my other clients. So, you know, I tried to, but yeah, people are really open-minded to, you know, it makes, it just makes sense. Like the food sequencing is, exci- you know, exciting and people don't know about it. That's the one, or I, people that I have spoken with and I, my clients, that's pretty much a new thing for them. And like, even like the walking, like one of my clients uh, was like, oh, really? Walking after death? I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> Go for it. Like, just let me know how you feel after you try it out with your family, after your, you know, after dinner walk with your family. Um, let me know how it goes and let me know how you feel. And let me know how you sleep afterwards. Yeah. When, when seeing data, when people have that information about the way certain foods affect them, I think it's a lot easier to see where you you can say, oh my gosh, I've had that thing my whole life and I never realized that was like that was the outcome. And you start to connect all these dots. And because we're all going to metabolize things differently, it is a nice feedback system to say, hey, like now I can actually make decisions and make choices based on what makes me feel good. It's almost back to the stories that you were sharing around the way that you would feel when you consume certain food and and you have these feelings where you go, this makes me feel like it's it's kind of colloquial, but to say like, this makes me feel good. This makes me like not feel so good. And you can almost bucket these things out into two separate categories. And you say, yeah, I'm going to lean into the thing that makes me feel better because generally people want to feel better. Nobody says, look, says I want to start my day and feel really bad today. Like no one does that. It's just that the outcome is not having that foundation to understand like what is making people feel a certain way. It gets a lot harder if you don't have the data in front of you, but being able to understand the general principles makes a big difference. Yeah. It's like a big fun science experiment, the science exactly. experiment of life. <laughs> N of one. That is what Dr. Sarah Gottfried talks about frequently, where she loves the N of one trials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when the box showed up at the door, mm-hmm. it seems like it was a new experience. Right. It was. And I'm like, tech. I'm not the most tech savvy gal in town. So it was really helpful that I could call up my friend and be like, oh my gosh, it's here. But I found the levels videos, like I, you know, especially the one of like how to put it on and like, you know, how it didn't hurt. And like, you know, those are very helpful. And 
it was exciting. I got the box and um, it was really easy. Like even me, I had no problem hooking it up and downloading the app. It was very well laid out. And, you know, I didn't even need to call my friend for help. (laughs) When you started using it, what was that experience like the first the first few days as far as seeing the actual data like it was just eye-opening like some of the stuff I was just a little sad that it was kind of spiky um but there's tweaks you know you could put a little uh, you know put some chopped nuts on it and couple it with fiber and it will not be as spiky but like you know everyone you know sweet potatoes but yeah of course those are very starchy vegetables but there's a little you know couple things you can do to make them less spiky and um you know, carrots. That was a little sad for me to see. (laughs) I used to eat so many carrots in college. Like my, uh, like Mike's palms were like bright orange and the soles of my feet were bright orange. Um, (laughs) I had like a orange tint about me because of all the carrots I consumed. So yeah, but you know, you couple it with like nut butter or couple it with, you know, there's tricks you can do, a little hacks you can do or guacamole or whatever what have you to make it less spiky so no it was really it was really interesting i mean that's the best thing it was like liberating it was interesting it was just you know information information's power and it was just it was good it was i i really um i was really diligent about you know taking pictures and logging every single thing and i know that's like sometimes people can get in their head about that but um I found it to be very helpful and it was, um, I liked the whole, you can just like take a picture of it and it's, you know, a piece of cake. (laughs) Were there any big surprises as far as something that you didn't realize that you were eating regularly? I mean, there are certain foods where you might know, hypothetically, a piece of cake, it's like, oh, of course that's going to spike. But other things where you would consume it more frequently and thought like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was that big of an impact. Well, I mean, I don't like I'm already like a really diligent like person consumer. <laughs> so, um, so there wasn't anything shocking, but the best thing was, like I said, was the fact that if I wanted to have that half part part of a dessert <laughs> and that piece of bread, all I had to do was go for a walk, walk to dinner and then walk back and like eat my vegetables first. And it didn't even spike me. That was just super liberating. That was exciting to find that out. And did you carry like, were there certain lifestyle changes that you started to make given that you've already got this foundation going into it, but little things like, it, I mean, behavior change is hard, right? Like it's, it's not one of those things where you snap your fingers, if you go behavior change. It just happens. Like it's, it's something that we all work at constantly throughout our whole life. Like it's just, that's the reality of it. Right. Were there things that you started to make micro changes as far as little behavior changes with going for walks or um, sequencing food, just little things like that, where that has now become a routine? Yeah, um, I would, my friends like that make fun of me because I always make fun of me about how much I walk. And um, they're they're always like, don't ask her how far it is because she's always going to say it's not that far. But (laughs) so I've learned my friends don't trust the distances I walk. So um, I've already been a really big walker. But I think for me, the most important thing was um, the food sequencing. That was that was interesting. It makes sense. I mean, this skip the bread basket, order the salad, you know, and start with the salad first. And then I've always eaten that way, though. I've always like fill up. And that's how I always have been. 
am advising my clients to. It's like, you know, load your plate with vegetables and eat those first. And then you won't want so much of the other stuff on your, you know, other, other items that are available. And then if you want the bread, eat it last. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a smart way of consuming. So, um, I'm lucky that I've, you know, I already, I knew some of this stuff, but the food sequencing was really exciting. That was great. The fact that so many restaurants and it's not out of ill intent, but they just start with the bread basket filling up on that. And that becomes this, or the chips, just sort of this empty, empty food, right? It's not, not necessarily nutritious. That becomes the beginning of your meal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean avoid that at all costs, right? It's, no, I think it's the power of, I mean, the keeping the stress under at bay is really important. And it's so, it's exciting how much that agency we have is just like, you know, taking a moment to ground and just to feel the breath in the body before you consume and operating from a, a relaxed state. And if you are consuming food, just be, feel really great about your choices and just really create a calm environment for yourself. And that's just even throughout the day, if you're, you know, stress for me is like really important to learn how to curb that. And it's just, you know, implementing some, taking a breathing break for yourself, take a breathing break before you consume food, take a breathing break. If you feel yourself like getting a little too riled up or a little too tense, just stand up and like go to the water cooler and get some water, take a little walk around, change your environment, change your position, go outside, take a couple of really big, deep breaths of air. And then reset. It's just being conscious-minded about where you can sneak in those respites of stress. For me and for a lot of my clients, that's what they most need help with. And that when they're operating from a place of calm and of ease and relaxation, they can make smarter choices and they want to make smarter choices because they want to feel good. Like they know the information. People know how to eat healthily if they really, you know, if they you know, if you ask majority of the people, you know, if, a, you know, what's better for you, like, you know, a, a cheeseburger or, you know, uh, or a carrot stick, you know, <laughs> you know, people know, you know, if it's a grass fed burger from force of nature, that's a different story. <laughs> but, um, but it's just really getting ahead of your stress and, you know, operating from a place of just feeling grounded, just feeling relaxed, calm, even if you're not like, you know, uh, personally me, like I have massive water damage in my house right now, but that's okay. I'm not going to let that affect me. So I'm going to do what I can to get ahead of my stress. I'm going to take those moments to calm my body. If it's stepping outside, feeling the sun on my face, feeling that just taking in those deep breaths of that beautiful fresh air, like that's so important for me. And for most of my clients too. It's just to take those little breaks, find that time where you can just, just if it's only like one deep breath, just take it, treat yourself. You deserve it. And then reset and then have a fresh perspective. And then you can make smarter choices when you're in a relaxed state of mind, when you want to feel good in your body, when you want to continue that you know, you want to take care of yourself when you feel, when you just let your shoulders relax, let your jaw relax, take a big breath, 
you know, you just, it's, it's our body's natural way is to feel that the body wants to feel good. Our job is to get out of the way and clear out all of the obstacles that are halting us from doing that. You're going to remember this soundbite for a while. Um, <laughs> mindfulness, it's integral though. It's, it, it's not possible to make sound rational decisions when we're redlining. I mean, you make, we make decisions, but sound and rational, right? It's harder to have a strong North star, like take the behavioral economics approach, right? Where when our biochemistry gets off that being like, we're in a heightened emotional state, mm-hmm. objectively, we just make subpar or poor decisions as compared to when we are not in an emotional state. And so it becomes a lot harder where if you're in that heightened emotional state, you're in a state of constant stress, your cortisol is high, your blood sugar is high, and you see the spikes. Exactly. You're underslept. Like we can keep saying compound and compound. All of these lifestyle factors make such a difference, but your, let's just say air quotes, like colloquially, your biochemistry is maybe not normalized. It's not at that good average baseline, we're just going to make poor decisions. And that can be the decision to not exercise. That can be the, maybe the impulse, like there, there might be an impulsive retail purchase that somebody does, and then they have some, some remorse after and they think, ah, I didn't really need that extra white t-shirt or something. You just like everything compounds and compounds. And so it's so, so important to keep reframing and think through small changes that we are in control of that being mindfulness, right? Yeah. We are in control of being able to say, I am going to take a break. I am going to go outside. I am going to walk for 10 minutes because I might not feel that I have the hour to exercise. I might not feel that I have what I can control is say, can I, can I reduce that window to still get that sunlight on my face and to take, again, take five minutes to do some deep, mindful breathing and think through the way that you feel. It's going to change over the course of the day. And it's not hey, I did this once and now I don't need to do it again for another six or eight weeks. Like that doesn't work. What does work is establishing healthy routines for all of us that we're able to make different decisions, especially when we want to. I don't think anyone in the world is like, I don't want to like be the best version of myself. Everyone is constantly trying to find that pocket and there's so many inputs to doing it. It makes such a difference. Our bodies want to feel good. We just have to get out of their way. Exactly. We're working at making an impact to the metabolic health crisis from a number of angles, that Uh being glucose monitoring, that Uh being the future of uh, biowearables, right? The idea of multi-molecule monitoring. There's things that we're just sort of exploring from a vision standpoint, like where could this world go? What do we need to do to be proactive in having agency over our health and wellness? And the biggest foundational piece is this idea of education, starting at the, the foundation, the base level that if we can get people to start to understand metabolic health and make their own changes without using a CGM, without using um, some feedback loop and saying, what can you learn and how can you spread that word? What are some things that you think about uh, that we can do better, that we can make more changes to make the impact that we're, we're set out to make on the world? Wow, you guys are doing an amazing job and just uh, right off the bat. So way to go. (laughs) Way to bring this vital information, this important information to um, the masses. And I appreciate that. For me, from the people I deal with, their main issue is 
I mean, it's it's really it's it's really valuable to have this information, but it's like how to implement it. That's like you can have all the information of the world, but if you don't implement it, like that's not it's not going to be effective. So it's like how can I possibly make these little changes that are going to add up to you know allow yourself to feel your best in your body and to live optimally. So it's just kind of clearing out some of that clutter. And it's like, whether it's, you know, family issues or home issues or work issues, it's kind of just like adopting, like first you have to start, like I always say, just first it's breathing first, breath first. (laughs) That's befriend your breath, breathe first. And that's slowing down. And it's just taking a little moment for yourself, taking that time, taking that little breathing break, even if it's just like rubbing your hands together and just doing that, just doing that or placing the left hand on your heart, the right hand on the low belly and taking one big inhale and one big exhale, just starting there. (laughs) And then having that clarity of mind, resetting. I mostly help my clients identify where they can you know, take, uh, give themselves a little, you know, time for themselves, create space for themselves and like, uh, reset their priorities and helping themselves like clear away some things and that they need, uh, that they need help with. Um, so that's mainly what I, what I do, but also having the, um, community factor like me I know um, I know you've done a lot of things to enhance the community aspect of it and not everyone is you know not everyone is a community-minded person but for me it was really helpful to know someone that was already engaged in this app and this process and to go through that with her that was great that was very helpful and I know you've done a lot of things with your Facebook community and with the cohorts and all that stuff and so that's I think that's very valuable. I a lot of the programs I've been involved with that, that do have that kind of like online check-in forum. Um, that's very helpful to build that. Um, so, and then also, like you guys are doing a great job. It's just, and I love the, I love the blog posts that you send out. I love the information. It's always clear. It's always easy. I love your podcast. I mean, very clear, very easy. I know a couple of people that would love to be part of this and just to make it a little more like affordable with that, that would be great, you know? But um, other than that, like you guys are thumbs up all the way. (laughs) When you and your friend were using levels, was it from a community, like community is N plus one, right? Like community could be like 50 people, but it's the minimum is like, you need one more person than yourself. (laughs) And so was it, was it the accountability factor or the shared experience or some blend of both or something else? blend of both. And it was also, I remember like there was this, you know, cause the patch is, the patch is actually, it's attractive. It's like, you know, and it stands out. It's like a black patch on the back of your arm. So it's very easy to see, especially from a distance. So this one time I was walking to the farmer's market and this guy jogs by me. He's like, levels. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And it was just so funny. It was like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of people around here that probably have this app on right now. And, and they're probably all at the farmer's market. Um, but it was fun. It was good to see, like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, you know, like a, ba- a prideful badge, like a badge of honor to be part of the community. And part of that, like, yes, I am 
my health is important to me and I want to do something about it because I can, because there's so many things we can do. It's like, you know, like Mark Hyman always says, like your, um, your, you know, your genes load the gun, but your lifestyle choices pull the trigger. So that's it. I mean, it's so exciting how much agency we have over, you know, our outcome. There's definitely exceptions to the rules. But, you know, for the most part, generally speaking, you know, there is so much we can do to take care of ourselves and to inform the rest of our lives and how much and how well we want to live. <laughs> yeah, it makes it, it makes a big difference. We always informally uh, say it internally, levels in the wild. It's when anyone, it's either a community member sees another community member or we see it internally where it's, it never gets old. We always get a lot of joy internally when somebody has a levels in the wild spotting. It makes a big difference, but it is that shared experience, right? Because then it, it's almost a conversation starter where it becomes this uh, this point of mutual interest. You also are interested in your health. You're interested in optimizing or going on a health and wellness journey, learning to uh, learning to understand your glucose levels, learning to understand these impacts. And so it is, a, it is an interesting thing because we find in that Venn diagram of overlap of interest, we've got all these things to make up our identities, but then it becomes this like mutual part of the Venn diagram, all these concentric circles. You go, oh, there it is. Like we're, we're both team level. So it's, it is very cool. Are there any markers that if you're thinking about things that you'd be interested in getting more data or getting more insight into like your own health? Are there any other biomarkers that you think about? It would be cool if it was kind of like a one-stop shop, like everything you needed, like, but, you know, in your little app and like mobile wise. I mean, I know there's other people that do that, but, you know, just in case people who love the Levels brand and people who just want to, you know, be loyal to it and just like other, you know, other blood tests that you offer or other, you know, that'd be, that'd be exciting, you know, just have it be like the one-stop shop for like food sensitivity or a thyroid panel or, you know, all that kind of stuff or, you know, whatever people are interested in for, on based on that. And are there certain markers that you review with your clients regularly? Um, everyone's different and everyone's dealing with different things, but yes, there are definitely, um, anytime I notice a, 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 like a red flag, I'll ask, um, for, you know, to get them to have, give me the blood panel from their doctors and so I can review things with them. And then how are you making changes based on the insight there, I guess, taking insight based on what you're seeing, like that, that being one point in time as far as data goes. And then what, I guess, what insight are you giving clients to be able to make those changes? Yeah. Well, it's just empowering them with the information and then helping them really just, you know, feel it in their body, be present with themselves and just kind of just giving them, um, just empowering them to make these choices for themselves by just um, allowing them to kind of be self-generative and um, just, you know, just wanting to feel better and then just learning like learn and seeing that yeah it does some of these little tricks that we do uh, some of these little swaps we can do or some of these little lifestyle changes we can do really do inform other and all aspects of our life and it makes me you know a happier individual a better spouse a better mother a better you know you name it so it means the holistic approach and it 
has the trickle effect. It, and, you know, every, you know, your, your boss begins to recognize it. You know, every, that's what I'm hearing from my clients. It's like, yeah, my kids um, think I'm a more fun mom or <laughs> like, you know, or, you know, my husband's like really, you know, impressed with, you know, that I'm up early in the morning at 5 a.m. doing a workout because I want to, you know, it's like, it's just exciting to hear everyone's stories and to hear how that's affecting their family units and their work life and their friend life. And um, those are my favorite type of things to hear, like how uh, their success stories. <laughs> the sense of motivation really changes when you start to see results too. Some of them could be uh, results as far as the way that somebody might report and the way they feel, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. In results, I say, I don't feel the way that I did before, but also results when people are on a journey where they m- might see, let's say they uh, they had more glucose variability or they had higher average glucose and they start to see if they are monitoring, they start to see those changes. And it's like, you want to keep on that, that path. There's something that there's some reinforcing mechanism that says, hey, you're doing well. Once you're doing well, whatever well is for a person, it's like you want to make those other changes. You want to get up and do the workout. You want to keep on these paths. And so it's it it is really important uh, to get off of the hedonic treadmill of feeling bad all the time. Right. And bad again, bad could just be like the um, the head nod at the keyboard in the afternoon where it's like, you don't understand why it's happening. But as soon as you realize, oh, it's probably because of what I'm eating at lunchtime that's making me feel a certain way and I'm having a spike and then I'm Mm -hmm. crashing, right? That makes a big difference when people say like, oh, this is what it feels like to just sort of not feel that way Mm -hmm. in the afternoon while I work, right? Like, hey, that was pretty good. You're not irritable anymore, right? Because of all these things, it's natural to feel very irritated when you are, let's say you've you've gone through a glucose spike and you're crashing, you might feel more irritated. Or if your blood sugar is really low, you're going to feel sort of irritable. And so you, you change the way that you interact and react to things. And it's all this process that takes place over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. I mean, that's exactly right. When you, when you're, body is when your levels are level, <laughs> your life's going to be a really level too. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So what are some things that you're thinking about as far as, uh, as you're working with clients over the next, the next few years, what are some trends and changes that you are starting to implement based on? Like there's so much happening technologically from an information standpoint, there's a, and that, that can also be a, like a, a challenge too, right? There's so much information out there where people can seek out this information and some of it can contradict. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, I read this, but I also read the opposite of it and I don't really know what to do. What, what are some things that you're seeing as far as trends that you're implementing with the way that you work with clients based on how, uh, we'll call it proactive versus reactive health is really evolving? Yeah, well, I know, um, and it's not, they're not for everyone. Everyone has a different personality type, but, you know, most of my clients, they wear, you know, sleep trackers and, you know, exercise trackers. And that's just, they get excited and they, you know, to just achieve those goals for themselves. And it's just like, you know, tracking your glucose. It's like, it's, you can see it right there. It's like just facts. It's just take the emotion out of it. It's just facts. Either, you know, you did it or you didn't. So it's like, but they are really getting on board with that and, you know, really trying to prioritize sleep and, you know, everyone's on board with that. And it's just, um, 
just removing the obstacles so they can actually find those priorities.